Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insight and professional and business development. Travel Market Life, join us by webcast, video or podcast. Welcome back to Travel Market Life and aren't we pumping these episodes out? We are now on episode 12 and we're going to be looking at the media, PR, content and marketing. And this is a really peculiar time because, as we know, every single newspaper broadcast is all talking about COVID-19 and the current situation, which is really very much an anomaly. So we're going to be joined by Jill Starley-Grainer, who is a former Witch Travel Magazine editor and former commissioning editor for the Sunday Times Travel Magazine. So she certainly should know her stuff. She's currently writing for JetJourneys.com and is also a media commentator right now for travel for COVID-19. Hello to you, Jill. How are things going for yourself there? Uh, Yeah, fine. Thanks. I mean, you know, as well as can be expected for all of us in the industry. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, you've made your bed and butter really dealing with the media, um, writing and and covering a lot of things going on in travel right now. Um, And you're on the media circuit talking to a lot of broadcasters about the current situation. What's the current thing they're really wanting to know from you and, and, and the sort of content you're having to provide to them? So um, with the TV and radio, what they're primarily focused on now is as the customer rights, consumer rights. And so right now it's uh, I'm primarily talking about um, what your rights are in relation to canceled trips, anything to do with travel insurance, that sort of thing. So that's the main focus right now. Um, Of course, it depends on the time of year. Sometimes I'm talking about the best destinations to visit, uh, which is a much lovelier topic to talk about or, you know, what the hot new trend is. But right now, unfortunately, it's all about those consumer rights. Yeah, I guess that the media plans, content plans have gone out the window for a lot of uh, travel editors right now. And uh, as a former commissioning editor, how would you be looking at uh, filling your pages? So what most of the um, newspapers and magazines and websites are doing is they are very much switching to either dream trips. So, you know, oh, go ahead and plan your 2021 holiday, that sort of thing. Or they're trying to do uh, virtual travel experiences books about travel, films about travel, travel recipes. So it's, you know, it's all that non-travel stuff that we can focus on to to link to destination content. So um, recipes are, are quite popular. You know, if you're dreaming about going to Italy, but you can't go here are, um, here are some recipes um, from local regions that you could try to recreate the experience in your own home. So that's what they're focused on right now. I don't know how long they're going to sustain it. And almost all of them have downsized significantly. So there just simply right. isn't as much content. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess they've got their internal teams and they've used a lot of freelancers. I mean, that's really the way the industry has been moving a lot over over the last few years um, to not have a core, such a big core team internally. So um, if, if, you're, if you're looking at doing PR or, or getting some inches column spread, um, what are the, going to be the opportunities right now? Is, is it by feeding this sort of um, uh, lifestyle content that goes around travel or um, it, are you about tapping in to some of the harder news stories around sort of the, the refunds, the cancellations and, and, and the rebooking policy and, and the delivery? 
So certainly the in-house teams are doing a lot on the refund situation, on cancellations, that sort of thing. Um, making headway by sending general press releases right now, I don't think you're going to get very far unless you are really doing something extraordinary linked to COVID-19. So maybe your team is um, now volunteering at the local hospital because um, that you know they're not working, they're all furloughed, so you've all decided to uh, volunteer together. Maybe you get some headway there. Otherwise, the only way really I think you're going to get coverage from press releases right now is if you are showing what your company is doing to help protect guests in the future. Um, and that's going to be a theme that should run throughout all of your communications. And unless you're doing something really extraordinary or unless you produce some amazing video content, even that probably isn't going to get very far because that's what I'm getting in my inbox all the time. Oh, these are the new procedures. Well, you and everybody else are all doing that, mm -hmm. so it would have to be exceptional. Um, and then, yeah, beyond that, um, the best way is to be reactive really quickly. I'm amazed when I've put out requests, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on, uh, you know, odds and ends still, and when I put out requests, so many people just aren't replying at all, or they'll get back to me a week later. Well, deadlines, really? unfortunately, yeah. And, and you're like, well, we know you're not busy. I have a deadline. I've just been commissioned to do this piece. I've got to get it in the next sort of 24, 48 hours. Getting back to me a week later is not going to work. So being extremely reactive to anything you see on those places like Trav Media, on LinkedIn or Twitter, where you see journalist requests. No, I mean, that, that's great to know. I mean, I've been using those, you know, pretty much every single day. As soon as I see an opportunity, I've always yeah. jumped at it immediately. I mean, even if they say the deadline's in three days, no, -uh get that notice out of them immediately because they're only going to look at the first few. And once yeah. they've got the content that they want, anything else that comes through, don't need it. Um, and, and I guess as well, everyone's going to be looking towards the larger businesses. What are they doing? How are they leading this? Mm. What's the best practice that they're trying to achieve? So I guess if you're a smaller business, it's going to be a little bit of a waste of time trying to create new policies and, 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 and procedures that maybe aren't following what some of the, the more larger international businesses are doing right because the spotlight's going to be on these big companies yeah i mean unless you're going to invest some real uh, time and money into creating sort of some sort of viral video content that maybe is amusing that might just get some airplay i i just really think right now the best way is to be reactive um and you know it's not going to hurt for you to put out a press release saying these are what your you know your protocols are but don't don't really expect a massive amount of uptake on that um and and also just nurturing those journalist relationships now's a great time just to book in the occasional zoom coffee meeting with what you think might be some key journalists if they have time lots of people obviously might not but if they do now's a good time to do that and, and just to chat and see how everybody's doing and thinking about the future and um, that's what i'm doing with some of my favorite prs is i'm just we're just having we're just having coffee and having a general chin wag and a moan about the business so it's really about relationships yeah, and then this is what we've been talking about across the entire industry. If you've got a few hours spare each week, it's a great time to try to pick up the phone or even just drop a courtesy email to see mm. how they're doing, what sort of content they might be looking at. I also yeah. know that quite a few journalists are now are on part time um, because of either the type of content yeah. that's coming through or the fact that there isn't the advertising there. There isn't the, no. you know, these businesses are still running. These, these, these magazines, newspapers still have to provide news, but they're not getting the income they were because people aren't investing, right? That's right. I mean, freelance journalists like myself and lots of other freelance journalists, we've lost, you know, 50, 75 percent of our um, travel journalist income 
overnight. Um, nobody is commissioning and the content they're commissioning is is minimal. So it's it's really now is not a great time to push a journalist. Oh, you did this press trip in January. When's it going to get coverage? Well, you know, nobody knows it was due to go in earlier. Who knows? So it's not a good time to put pressure on journalists who themselves may well be wondering about how they're even going to pay the bills. Um, it's more just about, you know, nurturing those relationships, chatting to them and being ready to pounce if somebody does put something out there. So, you know, I did something about learning holidays recently. So that's something that's sort of a positive thing you might want to book for 2021. Um, and but still, though, people just took some people, some people, of course, are very reactive. But as you say the ones who get in there quickly give you the crucial information as is always the case they're the ones you're more likely to use but i would say right now is a really good time to focus on internally all that stuff that you feel like you never have enough time to do and it might be your communication strategy for next year all of that sort of thing now is a good time to take a step back and do that yeah i mean you know content is a big thing and we've seen this big move over the last five or six years towards more dynamic content more regular content owned content versus paid and and and, uh, and yeah. earned content and you know this this idea of the owned content side of things um what what should a content strategy look like for a consumer travel organization and and what could they be thinking about what sort of ideas um to to bring into their communication strategy yeah, so I so I um, have been doing some content strategy for some clients in the run up to this. And it was I mean, it's very difficult to do great content strategy anyway, but it was easier then because you could look at the last one to two years of data to try to feed into it. Well, the last one to two years of data is of no use to anybody anymore. So what you're having to do now when you go into Google Analytics, you go into things like SimRush, HubSpot, et cetera, wherever you're going to look. Um, to see what trends are happening. You're really just looking at the last month or two. And mm -hmm. of course, that's not necessarily going to tell you what's going to happen when lockdown eases. Um, but when you when you are looking at it, do try to focus on what people have been worried about in the short term. And so we know that things they've been worried about in the short term are getting their money back. So cancellation policies would be a big thing. Lots of people used to have very strict cancellation policies. If you want to entice people back, Now's the time to really rethink those. And you might think, oh, but I can't afford to do it. Well, in some ways you can't afford not to do it. Mm. So if you can have a completely flexible cancellation policy um, that, you know, maybe says you can cancel and get all of your money back up until, you know, 30 days before booking. And if there's still an issue with COVID-19, well, you know, certainly even after that, we give you your money back. You're much more likely to get people willing to take the risk simply because it's not a risk. Um, if you're asking people to risk huge amounts of money um, when they don't know what's going to happen in the future, that's not going to help. So have a, have a look at that. People are concerned about getting their money back. People are also concerned about hygiene, 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 hygiene. That's going to be the key thing going forward. What are you doing? Um, we've seen what some airlines have done. I don't know. Have you been, have you been watching what the airlines have been doing on the hygiene front at all? Uh, I've heard bits and pieces. Um, give us a download. So there, there are two quite different approaches. Well, there's there's lots of different approaches, but two of the major ones. Delta came out really strongly very early on. Videos all about its hygiene mm -hmm. protocols, everything it's been doing. It's really been pushing that hygiene medicine, uh, sorry, messaging. And I think Delta will therefore come out more strongly once people do start flying again because they have built up mm -hmm. that trust. People are like, right, we see Delta is taking this seriously. Another airline, who I probably shouldn't name, another airline has come out uh, and it's, it's put out this video, it's put out all this hygiene messaging, 
And it includes things such as the fact that they will be doing a thorough disinfect of the plane every evening. That's not good enough anymore. We thought you were doing that in the past. What, you weren't <laughs> doing a thorough disinfect of the plane every evening? No. Yeah. So is it going to be the same thing for hotels, for B&Bs, for villas? Um, so what a lot of uh, the bigger hoteliers are doing now is they're saying, um, right, what we're going to do is in between each guest, we're not going to allow any bookings for that room for 72 hours. We will go in and do a thorough disinfect, but we're still taking that extra precaution because we know that the virus can live on surfaces depending on the type of surface for several days. So we'll do a thorough disinfect. This is everything we're doing. And then we're also just not going to take bookings for that room for 72 hours. And that'll help put people's mind at rest. Um, some hotels are saying they're not even going to do cleanings while you're in the room. They will give you your sheets to do yourself if you need your bedding change to try to keep the cleaners from going in and potentially you know, causing the germs. So I think hygiene is really important. Cancellation policies are really important. Those are the big things, the messaging you really need to get across. And then you can also talk about all the positives as well. I mean, it, it, it is always at a time when something is disrupted, especially in travel, that you need that sense of security trust and confidence and you've got the early travelers the travelers that are going to take off as soon as they're yep. allowed to and they're going to be the ones that are really going to help build that confidence and i guess tapping into those type of bookers initially um, will help help you with 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 reassuring future guests um and, and travelers but i guess as you say um what about the inspiration how about keeping in contact um with um their the database for example um yeah. they can't be pushing can they be pushing sales right now or or what should they be getting out there in order to be to send them content that's valuable worthwhile reading because otherwise it's just the same old same old so I think uh, what I've seen some companies doing really well now, they aren't pushing sales at all because it, the, there, there are a lot of issues around that. First of all, most people can no longer get any travel insurance that would cover them for COVID-19. Mm. So if they got to your destination and they had to go into quarantine for, you know, days, weeks or months, they would have no financial protection to cover that. So that's a massive risk. So, yes, it might be a thousand pounds or a thousand euro booking for you. But that person is risking tens of thousands of pounds. And that's not even to mention if they got sick and had to go into hospital. And in certain destinations, you know, they might be forced to go to private hospitals that could cost them huge amounts of money. So you've got to bear that in mind. So I really do not feel like now is the time to be pushing sales messages. I know that 2021, you know, for dream trips, you could maybe try to incentivize people to put that through that refundable deposit down for 2021 trips. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what I've seen some other people doing, so they're really nurturing that email list, that database list is golden, of course. And they're doing that by sharing destination um, content that is much more, um, you know, evocative and, and kind of travel from home, like we were talking about the newspapers doing. So um, one of the ones that I follow, they've been sending out recipes, which is great. Um, some of them, you might want to send out a history of your house or your hotel or whatever it is, if it's really interesting. Or if you're a travel agent, you might want to focus on some really niche things that you might not otherwise do that might just bring that destination to life. Um, now would be a really good time to create a free ebook. Ebooks are not that difficult to create. Um, it doesn't have to be massive. Um, and it could just talk about really quirky and unusual things about the destination that, you know, 
people aren't going to be visiting the Louvre right now, but if you could maybe focus on some really niche things about maybe a few paintings so that when they do go, oh, did you know the backstory of this painting? So you can really go quite niche and quirky. I think quirky is really a way forward to grab people right now. Um, you could also try doing interviews with some of the local suppliers or some of the local people in your area who, you know, and you could do interviews like this. So it's not in-person interviews. Yeah. Film yeah, these. And too easy. Yeah. Film them and share them. I don't know what. So, I mean, th those are the sorts of things that I think really nurturing that list, focusing on hygiene um, and also thinking about really your hotel practices as well. If you are not just your hotel, if you've got a villa, whatever it is, um, thinking about all of that and trying to get that messaging across without being salesy. Being salesy right now when so many people have lost their jobs is not it's not a great look. I don't know. What do you think? Maybe I'm being maybe I'm being a bit pessimistic there. But no, no, no. Feeling. I mean. I agree. I think, you know, making sure that you're aware that that the hotel will be open, um, that you will be taking bookings, that you can mm -hmm. still take bookings right now, I think, or it, it's really important, even as a travel agent, uh, because you want to make people aware that you're, you're ready to have those conversations. And even if you can't book for the dates that they want to be traveling, or they're not sure about the dates they want to be traveling, you're, you're, by, you're getting that customer, you're bringing that customer in, which is so important. People want that confidence today more than they ever had done. And yeah. I, I agree that um, there's this element of customer service that has been lacking, especially from online travel agents and been mm. struggling to get hold of people. So providing that higher level uh, of, of, of customer service. And I, I'd say as well, from a content perspective, you touched on um, different styles of content, different types of content, which really can be used across all the different platforms. You've mentioned some great stuff that would be brilliant for TikTok or for Facebook or for Instagram. And if you've got libraries of images or if yeah, you are allowed out the house, I mean, this is a great time to be able to go around your local city where it's empty and take some just spectacular shots whilst you're going on your exercise daily walk or, or, or whatever and and then I guess it's your website how can you upgrade your website for what people are expecting today if you don't have a mobile website if you don't have content yep. that's searchable for for SEO purposes there's a lot of content that's going to help generate the traffic for the future so I think one thing you've touched on there is really important, and that is the fact that people think, all right, well, nobody's booking right now. Why would I bother doing anything to my website? But as we know, when it comes to Google search, the longer content is live, so you want it to be good content, the longer it's there, the higher Google search ranks it. So now is actually a great time so that in six months when people start looking again or a year, you're ahead of the rest of the people who've just been like, well, we're going to give up. We're not going to do anything until people start booking again. If you are putting out content that people are reading, they're engaging with, by the time this gets so this is going to be seen as, as really strong content by Google. So it's a great time to work on your SEO, to work on your content. And I feel like I know it's one of those phrases that it sounds slightly um i don't know cliched but being authentic is also mm. really good right now and you could put on your blog and in your email list your actual struggles you know you don't want to complain to make your guests feel bad but at the same time i think it's totally fair enough to say you know this is what we're having to deal with um so i had an email from one of my lovely um it, it wasn't a personal email sorry it but it, it happened to be from one of my clients. And it was quite shocking, but also I thought, actually, this is appropriate right now. 
unfortunately, they lost one of their long, long time colleagues. Mm. And it was an email that was almost like a eulogy to this person. And this is a small company and this person was integral. And I thought, you know, in normal times you might not do that. But right now this just seems really appropriate. It was handled sensitively and it just made me feel so much warmer towards this company that they're more concerned about the fact um, that their team are at risk and that they have all these wonderful relationships and they are with trying to push sales on me. So you can be authentic, be genuine, be positive as well, but you don't, everything doesn't have to be positive right now. We're all struggling. And I think it's totally fair enough for people to try to get that messaging out there as part of the mix. And it will make people feel more personable towards you. And it's all about collaboration and networks. And we've been, we've mentioned that at the very beginning of this conversation and the opportunities available there. SEO is mm -hmm. not just about what you create on your site, but yeah. how people talk about you on other sites and the links mm -hmm. that create, that, you, that are created that link back to your website. So it's a great opportunity to look at your partners, look at providing them with guest posts, get them to yes. provide you with guest posts or guest Definitely. content. Um, and, and then especially if you're working with a lot of local producers to get an insight to how they work with their produce and how they they work with their team to give that as you say that more authentic experience mm. that people will be yearning i think to 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 to, to experience for real and they they want to get out there and they, they want to see these things that maybe they've took taken for granted um but certainly i think this year um people are going to be recognizing the small things in life mean so much more than maybe yeah. some of the, the the bigger things that we've been maybe become accustomed to um, and, and, and been drawn to over the last few years. And I think it's a real opportunity in some ways for small and medium businesses. And of course, we know they've suffered the most, but some of the really major companies have, well, they haven't behaved well. And so it's a really good time for those small and medium businesses who might always struggle because you're struggling on price. You're, you can't compete with them on price. Um, but now is the time where people are much more concerned about can I trust this company and, and getting that message across? And who is this company? I'm tired of dealing with these anonymous bots. Like you said earlier, you can't get through on the phone to these people. I mean, you could even maybe set up video calls with your customers now because people are so much more used to doing that just in the last few weeks. So there are so many ways um, that you could go about trying to nurture your base and to try to get new people interested. I mean, maybe even just bring out a book of, of recipes. Um, if you could get some of your local suppliers, maybe you've got, you know, people who deal with um, wine regions um, who, who are food producers, get them all to provide you their local family recipes, collate it in a free ebook, send it out and possibly even do that as something like a Facebook app put it out on Instagram, et cetera, where people can click and get it and go to the landing page. That might be a good way to get some new customers that aren't, it's not a salesy way. It's not, oh, here, you know, book now, um, which is the typical way that you're doing it. Yeah, no, certainly. And we actually had a conversation uh, with Rich Hull from Gift Pro, who's been to develop the website called uh, supporthospitality.co.uk. And um, it's, it's one of the things that they're trying to help do is create more of an e-commerce e offering as well for, for travel companies who are oh, able yeah. to work with their local partners and be another supplier to those that yes. maybe traditionally only provided large to large companies. Yeah. Um, now, um, it, 
I, I guess um, as 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 we move forward, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of plans, a lot of ideas that you suggested. Um, how can you get help? Certainly for me, uh, for small businesses, those who aren't familiar with uh, digital marketing and content, HubSpot is a brilliant resource uh, with a, with thousands of guides on types of content and how to structure content. Any other resource that you would recommend um, for people to get support on creating their content plans? Yeah, so HubSpot is a great one. I love Neil Patel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, when you're trying, so I, I think email is really important right now. And there are a couple of things that you can do with your emails to help improve your email open rates, because obviously there's no point creating your blog if nobody's reading it. So you create the blog, you send it out to social, you put it out to your email list. Um, for your email list, if you look online for something called headline analyzers, or um, email subject line analyzers. There are a few that I use regularly just to check that my email subject lines or my headlines in my blog post are actually achieving what I want them to achieve. Um, I find them really valuable and you, you 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 can take it with a pinch of salt, but they can be really helpful in trying to increase those open rates. And always with emails, Think about those first three words of every email. So many people will send out an email where the first three words are email newsletter. Well, that's really not interesting. If your first three words are, you know, my mom's um, my mom's recipe for whatever, I'm much more likely to open it than I am if you just have a generic email newsletter. Um, And I think one thing that is also really important is that people really need to think local, 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 because what's likely to happen in the short term is that your audience, which might have been coming from further afield, is now going to be much more local. It might be people who are just an hour away, people who might not otherwise have gone to you because they were too close. When when things open, that's the first people who are going to be looking to travel. So try to mm-hmm. focus on them. What does your local audience want? What can how can you help them? Think short haul, close trains, driving, all of that. Um, so yeah, I, sorry, I I realize that's not necessarily a resource, but it was just another thing that I think people. I'm sure people were already thinking of that, but I I think that's something to really focus your content strategy on right now. No, certainly. I think you gave some uh, pointers for some really good use, uh, resources online for people to help them, uh, to help people with their emails. So that was, um, yeah, really insightful. I never even um, thought about some of those things. So thank you very much for sharing that with us, Jill. And um, time's nearly up. So, uh, Jill, thank you for joining us. Um, good luck um, on the media circuit. And uh, <laughs> I hope that we can start talking about um actual travel uh, sooner rather than later and not just about our dreams. Yeah. Uh, but do keep in contact with us and uh, perhaps we can have a catch up in a few more weeks time to see how things are going. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Wonderful. Take care. Okay, so uh, thanks for joining us for episode 11, um, looking at everything across the media and content and what you can be doing in order to uh, make sure that you're more visible and really talking to an audience at a time when it really is quite sensitive and the narrative is just constantly the same old thing. What can you be doing to distract people from um, the, 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 the daily um, daily onslaught of COVID-19 news stories? So really think outside the box there. If you need any help, don't hesitate to get in contact with my agency, Haynes Marcoms, um, or um, certainly some of our guests um, who will all be able to provide you with some advice and information on what you can be doing now. Thanks for joining us. You can check out all the episodes on travelmarket.life and we'll be back soon with another episode. Take care.